Hello, this is Talk Junkie. My name is Justin Perkins. Um, I know something you don't know. This is the second time I'm recording at least the first part of this. Um, first part of a possibly two-part podcast, depending on how, how how eager I am to finish it for the second time. Had a little issue with recording the first time. It uh, didn't work out for me, and uh, so i got to do it again. Um, a while back... I did a podcast about not being on social media, and um, I took almost six months hiatus. Uh, there was a, a disruption in that time. It was probably closer to four months, I guess, but I, t- I missed a good chunk of time off social media, and I talked about the positives of that and how it made how it made me feel and, and uh, things of that nature, and, and, and it, it definitely... Um, definitely felt like a a plus to me I, I felt better not being on social media but I started the podcast full-time and and um, I did do a little experiment with the podcast in the beginning to see about advertising for the podcast getting the word out for the podcast without using social media um, and that worked uh, it, it has worked to some degree, obviously, because um, the the amount of, of listens and downloads for the podcast before I got on social media compared to now um, are not drastically different. They actually hold right around the same. There has been a slight increase, um, but I don't know that that's not word of mouth. I really don't. I believe that some of it has come from social media. But when I went back in to start advertising um, on social media and to do this, I went back in full bore. Um, Social media to me has been Facebook predominantly. Um, I get told that that may be some of my problem with uh, not getting uh, stuff out about my book and, and things of that nature. So I, I did incorporate Instagram. I did in, incorporate Twitter. But one of the reasons that I, I was told I may not be reaching enough people uh, is, is due to the fact that Facebook is a dead platform and, and that uh, it, it's for um, old people only. Well, if looking at numbers and looking at studies and looking across, um, things like TikTok and Instagram are definitely... Uh, predominantly occupied by a younger demographic however if you look at demographics as a whole from young to old and in representation of all demographics in one place Facebook has the better mesh so to me if you're advertising you're able to get it out and get it seen that's the hard part um, Facebook is still very valuable uh, especially if you're trying to get something out that that looks across different age groups and demographics and, and not just uh, focusing on, on a, a particular age group. But, you know, I, I'm not familiar with or, or even intrigued by Instagram or Twitter, really. Uh, the, the, the layout is confusing and clumsy looking and oftentimes hard for me to follow. That's not 
a bad layout on the part of the platform. That is my how I work. You know, when when I made the move from ICQ to MySpace, it was the same thing. Your mind's blown by possibilities, but you're also kind of hindered by your lack of knowledge and, and the newness of the situation. Same way from going from MySpace to Facebook. I remember uh, when we were doing pirate radio and, and we're actually um, broadcasting it through Ustream and we had a live link that went to, to our MySpace page. We first started messing around with Facebook after that and Facebook just looked so foreign to me and so different and so hard to 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 deal with but I've been back now I don't even know how long on it's less than a week I, I believe but the first couple days of, of initially logging back into Facebook and things of that nature you know when I when I got off of Facebook it, it was almost a sense of mourning and that you know that sounds ridiculous and crazy but I felt like I was missing out on certain people's lives but you know as in the the other episode and I can't go into it as in depth here or I'll miss out on what I'm trying to talk about here so if you want to go back and listen to the social media detox episode which I'm going to revisit because there was things in that that I I didn't really get to focus on as much as I wanted to but if if I'm being honest, I, I I felt like I was missing out on people's lives, but within a couple of weeks of not being on there, there was a sense of relief and calm that that become very consistent, and I, I truly believe my memory started working better. My views on things definitely changed, and I definitely came back to being a more centered person like I used to be. I feel like I allowed myself to be manipulated and pushed in a direction that was not congruent to who I really was. It was not me. But I let myself be pushed that way. And, you know, during that time I was using and have always used YouTube and did not look at YouTube as social media. The one thing about social media I always despised were the types of things people posted often and then the comments to those posts and then I caught myself reading comments on YouTube and getting upset and realizing wait a minute same formula different package um, you know I'm looking at things that I enjoy and what do people who make comments do they generally attack things and they're attacking things I enjoy and that's bothering me and so it's the same formula as Facebook same formula as Twitter same formula as as, as Instagram now you can surround yourself with positive people and make that different I've proven that to myself here lately as part of part of going back I had to find a way to justify it to myself. I know other people don't feel this way. Other people just openly accept social media and have no issue with it. There's nothing wrong with that if that's how you feel. And if you have the ability to to handle it in a responsible manner. I don't. I have a very addictive personality. When I get on something, I want to stay on it. So for me to justify going back, not just to advertise for the show, I needed something else. So the best thing I can think of is experiment. Try different things. You know, one of the reasons I got off of social media is it's very biased. It's very biased 
to a very far left leaning ideology. I'm not a very far left leaning person. I am most definitely not a far right leaning person in any way, shape, or form. I'm very moderate. Sometimes I swing left, sometimes I swing right. And I know that is looked at somehow as a negative thing. And I've never figured that out. But um, that's that's me. I, I noticed two things. And, and this is... I'm going to do this and tippy-toe around as much as possible without actually talking about politics because that's not what this show's about. I noticed that social media, Facebook in particular, was doing two things. It was skewing me sometimes to the right when, in hindsight, without social media, I did not necessarily feel that way. But I'm a contrarian. I can't help it. And the contrarian in me noticed the other factor of Facebook is it's very hard left-leaning. And I felt that being shoved down my throat, things I did not agree with. So what did I do as an intelligent person? I turned around and sided with other things I didn't agree with. I didn't do it all the time. I'm very good at staying partial and neutral and, and centered. But I did do it on occasion. And I don't feel, for me, that social media is the right place for those types of things. And I had an attempted conversation once with somebody who said, what would you rather do? Get on Facebook and see 400 pictures of somebody's kids or get on Facebook and be exposed to information that you didn't know anything about. Well, that's kind of a loaded question, and here's why. Yeah, I'd like to see those 400 pictures of your kids. Because if you're a friend of mine on my personal, you know, if I have a personal Facebook and you're a friend of mine, you know, the, the author page, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't look at any of those posts. I get on there and I make posts to try to sell books and get the word out about the books and, and the podcast. But if I had a personal, yeah, I want to see the 400 pictures of your kids. Because that's what I'm there for, and I understand everybody else isn't. But that's what I'm there for. I'm there for the social interaction because people's really they're they're just allowing social media to dominate their socializing. And if that's the case, if that's all I can get from me, then yeah. If that's how I have to see your life and be a part of your life and you're my friend, yeah. Show me the 400 picture of your kids. Tell me how you're doing that day. Let me know about you that day. That's what I'm interested in. I'd prefer to see you in real life and discuss it in real life. But if I can't, then yes, I'm perfectly fine with that. Give me that. that that's acceptable to me. Now, the other side of that is, would I like to see information I don't, I'm not familiar with presented to me on social media? It depends. It depends. Um, if it's accurate, unbiased, then yes. Do I believe that that exists on social media? Almost never. Uh, less less than 1%. Uh, almost never. And, and that's easily provable. The ability to fact check... You know, I read an article that said... Um, 
we're becoming dumber as a culture. That intrigued me, and I'll probably be a podcast about that at some point. Upon doing some research, I found this. Our progression in the fields of medicine, science, mathematics, aviation, um, and, and, and other uh, disciplines, are at a level unimaginable and unreached by mankind to this point. That our ability to better our surroundings and to better our lives is at a level unrivaled in history. Now, having the ability to do something and choosing to do something is two completely different things. I'm going to do a podcast. I've got it. I've done quite a bit of research for this one, and that that makes it harder to do and longer. And it'll be the one that makes people angry. You know, it'll be a podcast that literally makes people angry. I don't understand why. But I'm about to do a podcast about how we are in the best place. We we live in the best time in history. That the world is better than it's ever been, greater than it's ever been. And that's a hard pill for people to swallow, especially people who consistently want the sky to be falling. But I read this article about about how we're we're actually at a time when knowledge and 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 information are at the fingertips of more people than ever, and that some of the poorest and and most underwhelming conditions are still allowed to have information that that a hundred years ago would have been completely and totally only for the level of uh, of elite citizens. You know, there, there's a, there's things wrong with the world today. There's no doubt about that. But our ability to gain, obtain, and and find knowledge is, is not one of them. The problem is, is that what we're doing. So, I go down the rabbit hole and, you know, I read a study here, read a study there, and, and the consensus is, is pretty well, um, I won't say that, because I, I'm not a statistician, I'm, I'm not an expert, and, and there's other studies out there, and I should do far more research into it. My findings, from what, what I can see is, the ability to be an educated society, uh, the opportunity to obtain knowledge, is more prevalent than it ever has been, and only continues to grow. The amount of people getting that information is higher than it's ever been and only continuing to grow. The amount of people recognizing, taking the time to interact with, and taking the time to consider that information is probably about average. Average of what it's ever been. And that we have made a transition from a very informed from a, a fairly uninformed but engaged society to a very informed uh, unengaged society and that is to say that with something like the 24 hour news cycle which is like 30 minutes of news and 23 and a half hours of opinion we have started to base decisions and and form 
theories and, and form beliefs on, on opinion and not on fact. Fact has become more important than opinion. And the catalyst for this, really, is is social media. When Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube can break a story at a far quicker rate than Fox or CNN or ABC or CBS or NBC, the big three, you have to stop and, and pay attention to this. Now, there's a caveat to that. You have to understand that they can break this information without the fear of it being correct, without the fear of journalistic integrity, without the intent of supplying people with good quality information. Social media doesn't have to care about that. The people posting these things don't have to care about that. They don't have to care about getting the facts right. They just need to shape the narrative in the way they want it to come out. And that causes issues. And when news organizations start following the same principles, out of, out of competition, it, it's, it's simply a money game. They have no choice. Then that causes issue. So social media starts to affect us in that way, in the way that things are given to us. Now what time I'm back on social media? You know, I read, I've read a lot. What prompted me to get off of social media and, and, and to stay off and, and what kind of helps create this love-hate thing with social media with me is is twofold. One, I love the interaction. I love to get to see what my friends are doing. Sometimes I see that on, on which, you know, I'm a weekend, but sometimes I'll see that on the Twitter, but I, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention. Sometimes I'll see it on the Instagram. On Facebook, I really see it, and you know, I have two Facebooks, and I have them for a reason. They're separate for a reason. I don't talk about one for a reason. It has more to do with the experiment than anything. But on one, it's very public. I start scrolling. You know, when I, I when I choose to get off of of social media, it, it's due to looking into things and and. I see that it has a negative effect on me, uh, un unquestionably. I, I see that. See, it changes the way that I work and how I how I interact with people, and I, and I, I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. I'm I'm compulsive with it, and, and and I'm addicted to it. I understand that, so that's that's what took me away from it. In that time leading up to leaving social media. I um, I did a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of looking in, and you know one thing that become very clear is a lot of people, and this is regardless of political affiliation, really. A lot of people feel like social media is being controlled in a malicious way by companies. And in some degree, this is true. You know, a lot of Republicans and a lot of moderate Democrats are looking to uh, impose impose rules upon social media companies. Um, social media companies are attacking free speech. They are, um, but they're doing it 
to preserve revenue. See, it seems to be that that uh, most advertisers are, are are afraid of free speech, and and that's very clear. Most Americans are afraid of free speech, not in the way that Canada is afraid of free speech, but most Americans are afraid of free speech. Um. And, and that's sad. And I, I won't say most Americans. I, I will say a very slight minority with a very loud voice are afraid of free speech. But politicians are afraid of free speech. And uh, news organizations and companies are afraid of free speech. And, and we've given them reason to be afraid of free speech. As a society and as a country, uh, we're very litigious. Uh, more so than most countries of the world. And so we've, we've given them this reason. And so the government feels like that is an attack on uh, um, on the freedom of speech. Would be there? I would say that that uh, uh, far right conservatives feel like it's an attack on them because far right conservatives are heavily censored on on social media. Um, they're usually kooks. But they're censored kooks, whereas the far left kooks are not being censored. Well, the 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 far left kooks are a threat to uh, to the moderate uh, Democrats. So the moderate Democrats uh, want to kind of even the playing field. Want to make sure that you understand these people are kooks. They're not the the norm. And 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 you go to the right, and and the, and the right, um, well. They embrace the far right kooks because they want those votes, and, and you're silencing the far right kooks. So you know that that's not an endorsement by me for either party. It's it's a show that uh, this move by the government to try to sanction social media, uh, even though it is true that social media is attacking free speech, it is purely a, a political move. But they paint this picture, as do disenfranchised people, people who are not of this social media. Um, is a majority of people who represent a small minority of the country saying ridiculous things and being applauded for it. So people who are are quiet and, and, and don't say such crazy um, ignorant things are feeling disenfranchised and left out. And, and so their response is uh, it's obvious um, it social media is being directed by a a collective of uh, insert whatever political leaning you are if you're far right you're going to say far left runs it if you're le- far left I don't know who you're going to say runs it I, I guess the far right um, you know it, it, it's it's not a consensus on who runs it uh, it is. I mean, that that's being dishonest. It's a consensus that it's a far left leaning thing, but there are people on the far left who feel like that's not true. You know, to to be fair in all directions. And I felt it was very leaning, and I felt that it was trying to influence me in one way or the other. Now, um, having said that. There is this real thing where people have been kicked off of things like Twitter uh, and banned, you know, 
people like Alex Jones who, who just refused to admit that Sandy Hook was real. You know, I can't imagine how the family members of, of those victims feel, and that's a ridiculous thing to say. Um, and it, he was often attacked for it on social media, and, and rightfully so, de- deservedly so. I, I don't understand how that's worthy of being banned from social media. Um, I'm one of them people that... What I like about a rattlesnake is if I get close to a rattlesnake, it'll give me a an auditory indication that it's going to strike. It'll let me know. I know it's a snake. I know it's there. And I know it's going to bite. Um, I, I'm a... a late 30s white male if if I find somebody who dislikes late 30s white males I don't want you to silence them I want you to allow them to talk that way I know that they don't like late 30s white males if 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 there's somebody um, who doesn't like um, women I, I have a wife and a daughter I want to know that they don't like women. I want to know to avoid them. I want to know how to interact with them. I want to know what kind of monster they are. If they're racist, no matter what they be, I want to know what the monster is. I don't want to sweep the monster under the rug. So I don't like censoring people and the idea of kicking people off social media. And the the question has been raised, are they only kicking off one side? Uh, Farrakhan is still on uh, social media platforms, to my understanding. Uh, uh, he's exhibited very racist speech. Um, you know, so th- th- they're saying that there's this move to do to to, to get rid of, and, and and that intrigued me. And I thought, well, I'm not involved in social media now. The ability for me to look at this and process this and determine if this is real, not real, is very much there. So I look into it. And, and, and I look into these things, and it, and it is clear that on the level of banning people, shadow banning people, and affecting who is heard, there is most certainly an active movement by people in top positions to do that. Okay? I'm torn on that. I like free speech. But I also have to say, they're private companies owned by these people. Then I wonder, because the accusation is, this is a political move. And that gets us into really the meat of this podcast. It's not about politics and it's it's about social media. As I read this information that, that I'm coming across and, and these articles and these you know these statistics that I can find and one time I'm not on social media, all things point what it always points to in America. Money. It all points to money. Advertisers want to appeal to the masses. The masses is not always representative of the majority of people in the country. In this case, the masses represents the majority of people on a platform. Okay. There's no way for them to really know the thought process of the majority of the people 
on a platform. But what they can do, what they can look at is, of all the people that are actually engaging, of all the people that are actually interacting, posting, things of that nature, what's the thought process of those people? Now, see, that's a possibility. That's something that you can gauge. That's information. That's data you can mine. And that data is skewed. Because that voice is very loud, even though it may not be a very large group of people. Advertisers do not want to be associated with a certain type of person, with certain people. And I really don't blame them. If I'm an advertiser... Do I really want my ad, like on say YouTube, to come on before an Alex Jones video? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I really, I really don't. I've heard some of the things this guy has said about lizard people. I don't, I don't want to be involved with that. Vice. On, on the other hand, if if I'm on a social media net platform, I don't want that person's ideology to be sandwiched on either side of my head. So there's going to be a push by advertisers to eliminate certain people. That's not a political motivation. It's a financial motivation. It's a financial motivation created by a political environment. Now that's not to justify anything or incriminate anything it's a statement of fact so then I wonder is is social media really skewed by political views or are they skewed by money because a large corporation has only one desire and that's that's money and the way you get it is to pander to to your your consumer and even though everything looks to be leaning one way I look at the loudest voices on the platform and this is somewhat backed up by statistics the loudest voices on the platform are leaning very hard to one way or the other The atmosphere in which the companies exist in, in Silicon Valley, are leaning very hard one way. So they're coinciding with this group that are leaning that way. So then we end up with the situation we're currently in. That's maybe 30% political, but it's 70% financial. Then I read a really good article. A couple different ones. Um, one of them was in a... a, a to go back and pull